Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech Podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress and tech experts, hosted by Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech. This is episode 688. We have a small but powerful panel Many of the panel, of the, the rest of the panel have been doing a live event and I think they're just burnt out, my beloved tribe. But, like I say, we've got a powerful panel. We've got a returning friend of the show, Chris Badgett from Lifter LMS. Chris, would you like to introduce yourself to the tribe? Yeah, I'm Chris from Lifter LMS. We help course creators create, launch and scale high value learning programs. Also have a podcast. <laughs> For course creators and WordPress pros called LMS Cast. And he seems to have moved into Penthouse, his background. He's <laughs> gone upscale, actually, Chris. I'm very impressed. Uh, um, so we've got Spencer. Spencer, would you like Have to? I disappeared or am I still here? Because StreamYard had stopped showing me for a second. Am I still here for the moment? Yeah, Yo, you're definitely still here. We can see you. Okay, I'll, I'll fix it. It's Spence from WPLaunchify.com. And I'm going to go out and come back in right now. We all seem to be having tech troubles this morning. I've got my friend, John Locke. John, would you like to introduce yourself? John from Lockdown SEO. That's what you need to know. (laughs) All right. It was nice to know you're back, Spencer. Um, Before we go into the main meat and potatoes of the show, the stories, I've got a couple messages from our major sponsors. Be back in a few moments. Allow us to introduce you to Castos, our major sponsor. If you're looking to get into podcasting, Castos is for you. No penalties on the amount of downloads and the support, should you need it, is the best in the industry. Take a look at Castos for your podcasting solution. That's castos.com, castos.com. The importance of backing up your WordPress website cannot be emphasized enough. We use BlogVault to help us do this on a daily basis. With free staging, migrations, and on the pro plans, malware scanning and autofix, BlogVault is the professional's choice when managing just one website or many. Go to blogvault.com and see for yourself. You seriously won't find a better, more complete solution. That's blogvault.com, blogvault.com. We're coming back, and I like to point out you can get some special deals from Castos and from Blog Vault and from some of the other sponsors, plus recommendations and a load of goodies. You can get all this by going to WPTonic slash recommendations. So let's go into the main story. Oh, yes, this is from the tab. The member press plugin is locking users out after support license expires. Uncle Spencer's had a bit of a discussion on the tavern with the tavern crowd. Um, that was an interesting discussion. I'm sure you're pulling the arrows right out now, Spencer. Um, but so let's start with you, Spencer. What do you think of what member press have been up to? Yeah. So I, I don't know if this is just a symptom of the post-pandemic or the, the whole market or whatever, but it seems like we've hit the point where what's old is new again. So you're seeing a repeat of testing the market, testing consumer patience. There's an evolution. And I have a very strong opinion, and I think it's factually based about what's the cause of it. But essentially here, 
Member Press is a plugin that's been around for a long time. It's one of those all-in-one singular purpose things, which quite frankly, and I even comment to it, is no longer, in my opinion, necessary. Sorry. And Blair is a great guy, great developer. There will always be an audience of people who are using, I just need a one-trick pony. But in a modern WordPress stack, my expert opinion is that everybody should use a series of plugins that all do their specialized purpose and act in harmony, like Lego blocks. Now, it's worth noting, I'm not pointing any fingers, and I even say as a condition of my comment, it would be really nice if Blair or somebody from MemberPress would comment. Their lack of commenting here is, I think, very telling as to what the real motives or purpose were. It's worth noting as well, not pointing a finger, but more of a flashlight, that Awesome Motive took a 40% investment in MemberPress. Now, we've seen from other Awesome Web products that they have a very loose definition of what the GPL is and what it means. And it seems like even though Syed is a, a very lovable character in our community and unbelievably successful, that he seems to be getting a pass on a lot of behavior when it comes to how members and people who pay for things are treated when their subscription ends. It's one thing if you have a SaaS company. The deal is, hey, you don't get in and you don't stay in unless you're paying. But this is a plugin. It was and still is a plugin. And to suddenly overnight just say your subscription ended, you're locked out of your dashboard when your business is running on it is something along the lines of holding my thumb to my nose and waving my fingers because that's a complete and utter disrespect for customers. And in my opinion, speaking as a lawyer, but also speaking as somebody in the WordPress community, it is a clear violation of the spirit and the letter of the GPL because we've seen plenty of examples over the last 16 years of people who've done far less and got, I want to say something slapped, but got spanked by Matt and others. Notice the lack of any top-down spanking going on here. And so from my opinion, I'm not pointing fingers and saying somebody isn't entitled to do this, but they absolutely must look at the consequences. And for those of us who really support the GPL, from the authors, from the users, from the professional developer standpoint, I think this is a, a clear indication that we all need to start talking together about whether we're in support of this or whether we're against it. Because if we're against it, then the clear thing is we can vote with our own behavior, vote with our own wallet. And again, I wish that Blair or somebody, even Syed, would comment on it. But I think it's pretty clear they're doing it because they want to control the, the, the money. They want to control, you don't pay, you don't play. And that's not how it works in GPL. It's if you don't pay, you don't get updates. If you don't pay, you don't get support. It's not you don't pay, you get cut off from the code. Sorry. Right. No, sure. So, Chris, like all interesting stories, I think there's multiple layers to this story. I think the one about that you don't need member press, I think it's legit in some ways. But I think we all, you know, obviously you have a kind of semi-competitor. Spencer has his own products. So I don't think we should discuss that one great depth, even though it's semi-legitable argument. I think the two main features is that I don't feel personally, Chris, it's in PR and communication terms, it's been handled in a professional way that I would want to handle it. And I think you probably would not want to handle it in that way. But I'm speaking for you. And the second thing is 
the whole this has been a this is nothing new in some ways, is it, Chris? There's been other instances in the history of WordPress um, where we've had kind of similar circumstances. Um, but I think if you're, you've got to be very clear about what's going to be offered on a SaaS and what's going to be offered in the plugin. And there, there has, there has to be a clear gateway. And I, I don't think they've got this. So I've said a lot here, Chris. What do you respond to what I've just outlined? Well, first from the PR perspective, and before I go into it, the founder of MemberPress, Blair, I consider a good friend of mine. And I do want to say I, I respect the right for a business owner to make a, a tough decision and, and, and uh, go where they need to go. And I also can see his perspective as an entrepreneur needing to figure out monetization and figure out a way to get paid. Um, but me personally, I would not have gone this route. I have no plans to, to go this route. And the healthy part about all this is it brings to the surface the discussion of the WordPress way. And what Spencer said around the spirit and the letter of the law, the best thing that's going to come from this is some more clarity around those two things, especially the letter of the law. Like help the market understand the WordPress, GPL, like basically terms and conditions of what is allowed, what's not allowed. Because it is a little fuzzy. Even me as a, a power user, I don't fully understand it. I wouldn't have done what MemberPress did. But from a PR perspective, I've had to make some challenging uh, moves before. Like early, early in the days of Lifter LMS, we moved a feature that we had for free into a paid product. And it caused a lot of... Um, chaos in the market. Uh, a lot. I got a lot of negative comments. Um, but I also went out there and engaged and explained my decision. And, and, and uh, I think that that point about being present in the conversation is very important for a founder or for from a PR or marketing perspective to, to do that. Because, you know, brand drives demand. And one of the interesting things that is part of brand here is there's a couple layers to the cake. The first layer is like what I would consider like a WordPress insider. Um, we're, we're, we're WordPress insiders. But m most of the market that uses this tool, you know, they don't necessarily know when a plugin gets acquired, who the founders are. Um, they might not even notice or care that the prices went up or the kill switch got put in or the partial kill switch, which is what I call this. Um, so... This is really a discussion more within the, the the WordPress community of power users and, and insiders, as I as I call it. And at that level, the there's two kind of layers of brand in the WordPress space. In the WordPress insider layer, there's a there's a lot of brand awareness around companies and vibes and um, you know how people treat each other and their customers and stuff like that. But then there's the broader just brand perception from the market that's not necessarily super into the WordPress ecosystem. Um, and this is a challenging moment for a company. So, so especially at the WordPress layer, uh, having the public conversation, I think, is important. And also to your point about the history of, of WordPress, um, you know, there have been some catalyzing events like um, the thesis theme a long time ago. Or was that what it was called? Um, yeah, with Chris. Chris yeah. Here, the whole yeah. The, the, that was like a moment for, to figure out like, where, hey, where do we stand as a culture? Um, what, are, what are the rules of operation here? 
And I don't think MemberPress is actually the first to do this. I, I think there are some other automotive-related companies that have a similar thing going on. And I saw, I don't know if this is accurate because I'm not a Power Elementor user myself, but I've heard that Elementor Pro has something similar to this. I don't, I don't, I'd, I would want to check that for accuracy. Not to well, my Elementor, Elementor was the first one that went completely off the ranch and has the phone home mechanism, which means yes. you're literally speaking to their server. They only got away with that because they were over 4 million, 5 million users at the time. And they obviously were intending to leave the WordPress campfire. The Chris Pearson was early days like that set the stage for watch Matt kick the crap out of this person for even coming close to the edge. Those days are over. The last big hoo-ha we had was kind of like woo themes with with forking Jigo Shop. And they they did it legit because they hired the talent. This is different because this is a overnight change the rules on a plugin and just go not listening, not talking to you. And maybe there's not a large enough audience to care, but I think the existential threat to the rest of us who are in support of GPL is if we keep allowing exceptions to the rule and if automatic demonstrates they're not willing to say anything, what does that mean for any other author in the space who plays by the rules? Everybody has to start cheating a little bit, cheating a little bit, a little bit, because how can awesome motive get away with locking everything out and turning it into a SaaS product when it's a plugin, but the other authors have to go by the ridiculous rules of like, oh, we have to play like with, you know, everything is to be taken from us at any moment and we got to get the, you know, et cetera. You see what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's like a, a microcosm of our society. The super rich and wealthy get all the exceptions in the tax code and all the favoritism and all the like, and the normal people are like, let's tax them more. And that's not what this is about. I mean, and I'm the last guy. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like Mr. Let's raise the roof on GPL, but like it has to be level or not. One, yes, one uh, quick thing, one quick oh, thing sorry. I think yeah. John, John's going to jump in yeah. here too, is um, uh, there's also a nuance that I think is important as we have this public debate. And I think it's actually really cool that um, Jason and Kim over at Paid Memberships Pro just published an article about how they're on the other side. So this is a great opportunity for us to figure this out as a community. Um, yes. So that's that's cool. But the other nuance here that's part of this conversation is around contribution. So and, and WordPress companies need to monetize. MemberPress does not have a free plugin. Blair, the founder, does have some other tools like Pretty Links, which has a free plugin. It's extremely valuable. He gives that to the WordPress community. And he has a pro version with more features. But certain tools don't have a, they don't have a free tool. Some, some tools like MemberPress or LearnDash or Premium only. And so how is that different, you know, based from this idea that's big in the WordPress community around contribution? Whether it's free software, yeah, but, but, free yeah, support. yeah, I, I do, I, I do understand. Before I put it over to John, I do understand where you're coming from, Chris, and I, I really don't want this to come across as a kind of witch hunt against mm. member press. I really, really, honestly, Blair's been on my podcast. He seems a quite. A, I don't know him to the extent that you know him, Chris. He seems an okay guy to me. I do, but I've got to be honest with you, Chris. I, I do agree more with Spencer. I do see this as a bridge too far. Uh, time will tell. Yeah, time will um, tell. But it's early days. But I really think 
they're going to get into some real hot waters over all this. So what do you feel, John, about this? Yeah, I, I doubt that anything's going to happen to Awesome Motive or Syed. No, I don't. No, I, I really don't think so. But I will tell you things that I have observed. Now, I have not interjected any opinions on this anywhere on the Internet. But I've observed some stuff in Facebook groups, in the Reddit WordPress, on Twitter, and like other, and in the in the tavern comments, um, and also post status said something about this. Like, what if we all got together and you know, I think they they put out a tweet basically implying like you know, uh, we should have like a group or whatever. Basically, the post status membership and and we could decide like what our you know rules and ethics are in the WordPress way. But nothing's going to happen. I don't think now. I know a lot of the entrepreneurs, the other plugin authors, theme authors and stuff like that, they seem to like Syed, but a lot of the developers out there, they seem to have no love for Awesome Motive or Syed. That is a common thing that I have observed. There's a lot of people that said specifically when it was sold that they like went to another solution specifically. Um, here's the thing. They gave no notice on this change, and it's a very jarring thing to be locked out of your site. Um, and when the normal people, not the people who are inside the WordPress circle, but the, the normal people out there in their business, to them it's not that plugin did something wrong, I'm going to go to like another plugin. To them, it's WordPress itself is buggy and has these issues. So I'm gonna go away from WordPress. That's the unintended effect of this. And that's the same thing like when people would have buggy theme forest themes. They're not blaming the theme, they're blaming WordPress, the platform itself. So that's just what I've observed uh, on this. But yeah, I wouldn't have done this either if this had been my thing. Because it's not the normal thing that people expect. Yes, but John, um, one thing that was pointed out in the comments on the Tavern article is it's open GPL. You know, you could fork the plugin and that's yeah. the, that's the solution. I mean, here's here's the thing. Fork. If somebody breaks GPL... I'll, I'll, put, I'll give it to you, Spencer, in a minute. Yeah, but give it to Spencer. But what's the penalty for breaking GPL? Is there one? What's going to happen? Nothing. That's, well, my point. That's my point around not having, if you don't have a free plugin on the repo, you're more outside of the realm of um, regulation, I guess. Yeah, I want to, okay. So this is where I want to bring this full circle because this is exactly the point. First of all, let's clarify a few things because I think it's important. I was very careful, which I usually am not because when I get riled up, you know, like I start swearing and everything. When I commented on this one, I very clearly said, because I've met him through WP Fusion, otherwise Blair, this has nothing to do with Blair as a person, a businessman, or anything. It's not even about Blair at all. I think I can see for myself, and people can judge, where Blair is in an awkward position. He clearly has a significant investment from Awesome Motive. So if I am pointing a finger, it would be, there are powers that be from Awesome Motive that say, we need to gather all of our assets into an under-controlled situation. And since this is not a SaaS yet, the next best thing is to treat it like a SaaS, getting very close to that element or like, how far are we going to go? However, I want to be really clear about like, where is this going to go kind of situation? 
If I cared, I could just take their plugin and I could post it for free. And I would be 100% within my right. And what an a-hole I would be to do that. Fine. Hey, premium member press members, I'm going to just take this plugin. I'm going to continue to post it for free. And I'll remove the bits and bobs that cause this thing to get you locked out. What a Robin Hood hero I am. But you know why I would never do that? Because that's like spray painting graffiti on your neighbor's garage when you've got a garage. And doesn't that same logic apply to them? They could have given everybody a notice. Hey, wonderful, loyal members, we're going to give you six months or a year of grandfathering, and then we're going to change this into a SaaS product. Or, hey, can we talk about the fact that we're trying to improve our business? Or, hey, we've got this lemonade made from the lemons that fell off the tree, and what do you think about it? But instead, they sort of said, F you, we're doing this, we're not going to say anything about it. And by the way, we've done it six times before, so you figure it out. And I really take issue because I don't want to make ad hominem attacks at anyone or any business because it reflects back on me just the same way. I have to bend over backwards in this community because I'm a very outspoken person to be outspoken but respectful of like the Sopranos, right? The mobsters respect the mobsters. You can be forceful, but you got to know you're one step away from getting whacked yourself. I would like everybody to judge this behavior based on the facts. Clearly. They took a GPL environment and plugin and decided to make it into a closed business model. And they're trying to get away with it by force of will. And I think for the rest of us, John's point about post status, whether it's in the post status group or it's elsewhere, I personally feel now impassioned enough to talk to the other makers across all of these topics. What is the GPL? What should we all do? What does it mean to the framework? What about the full site editing? Like, I normally don't give a crap. But now I really actually do about getting people together because for the value that we've all invested into this, this is a threat. It is an existential threat that once one neighbor spray paints the other neighbor's garage, the whole neighborhood goes to crap. Yeah, but I'm not, I was expecting this anyway, but I was expecting it from the hosting providers, basically. That's where I was expecting it. I wasn't expecting it from an independent shop or company. I was expecting it from the hosting companies. So I'm not that surprised. Uh, but I just think the whole thing at the present moment has been handled really badly. Um, I do take what Chris, you know, you're running a business, you've got to make a profit, you've got to make a return. Um, but the whole thing has left a real bad taste in a lot of people at the present moment. So I think we need to go on to story two. <laughs> it's the biggest story in tech for this month or the whole of April. And I think it's going to be an ongoing story. I think I sense it's going to provide a lot of articles for this panel to discuss in for the rest of this year and the following year. Uh, how Elon Musk won Twitter. So let's go to a fan of Elon. Let's go to my friend John Locke. So what right. did you think of Elon's success? In did he really win Twitter, though? Did he really? I know there's a lot of fanboys of Elon, but in a lot... Well, he's in, not one of you. You're not, are you? No, and a lot of people, but I'll, I'm going to, again, I'm going to give some observations here. Well, first off, a lot of people think he's already trying to tank this deal. 
by disparaging the people and just basically being the world's biggest edgelord, the world's richest edgelord. But I'm going to read you a tweet and I'm going to tell you what I think about this. So this is a tweet that came through my timeline person that said, and obviously this is a black woman, black people don't have to explain to white people why we don't fuck with Elon Musk and fuck with meaning they approve of or enjoy. That's what that means. Also, we definitely wouldn't support a man who owns a company that keeps being sued by his black workforce. White folks can ignore that. Okay, now a lot of the people that I've seen celebrating Elon buying it are, it's a lot of white guys in tech and some white women in too, but that's most of the people doing it. Or people who are kind of white adjacent. But the whole thing is people believe he's going to, you know, unban all the people who got banned for um, being edgelords and, and tweeting slurs and being uh, just kind of trolls. And if he does that, let's say that he does successfully take over Twitter and he unbans everybody, brings back Trump, the whole nine yards, a lot of people are going to leave. I don't think a lot of people are leaving right now. I think a lot of people are saying, let's figure out where we want to go if this happens. And a lot of people are saying, let's stick it out through the midterms so this doesn't become just a big source of misinformation. And I shared with the panel a couple of weeks ago some of the stuff that Elon's been tweeting out. But I've seen a lot of people saying, you know, I just blocked him because he's just he's just trying to be offensive. But but what will happen is when all the people, all the black people, all the, the Asian people and the Latino people, all the LGBT people leave Twitter because all the abuse safeguards that Jack Dorsey put in, even though they're not that effective, if all those are removed and all the, all the trolls and come back, then Twitter basically turns into 8chan or Parler or Gab. And there's no value left in it. And the whole reason why those social networks like Parler, Gab, Truth Social don't succeed right now is because all those people want to antagonize everybody else. They want to antagonize, you know, the trans people, the you know, LGBT people, the black people, the liberals, and they want to antagonize them. And without that, when it's just them, it's no fun. And those things make no money that, and no legitimate the, business. Way, that, that is such the, that is the best, most insight. I mean, you are so 100 and percent on without anybody to bully or antagonize they got nothing nothing they're talking to themselves well that's the well that's the contradiction of democracy anyway isn't it you can't have a democracy a real democracy if you've got no real alternative that's just a parlor game that's just that's just a shy that's just a facade of a democracy so that's the contradiction that most people don't realise. To have a true democracy, you've got to have real true alternatives. So if you really believe in democracy, you've got to promote other people's rights to have really different opinions, but with some boundaries. So, Chris, I've really got very mixed feelings about this. We discussed this last week and I pointed out, I don't 
want to say this totally applies, but I really see Elon as the modern equivalent of Henry Ford. And Henry was a great inventor, industrialist, but he really, really had a dark side to him. And I think Elon is similar. He's seen as, um, you know, um, the great industrialist inventor of the 21st century, but he hasn't got quite such a bad dark side, but it's definitely there. So what's your feelings about this, Chris? Uh, well, I, I am a, a, a fanboy, like like John says, but I do have my blind spots. I have not done the deep dive of like what it's like working at, at Tesla or if people have been treated unfairly. It's something I'd I will look into myself just for my own information. I agree with you, John. I've got to to tell you, Chris, the basic facts that John has outlined are true, actually. Okay. Well, that's that's discouraging. Um, To your point of, um, you know, people have the dark and the light side. Society is a complex adaptive system. People are, you know, complex individuals. Mm -hmm. I have no doubt there's, everybody has some kind of dark side. From my, from the, from the fanboy perspective, for me, I just I haven't read his I haven't read his autobiography or anything like that. I just purely look at it at, as like, you know, from the technology side, and the way that I see things that are Elon are into coming together with my macro view, um, robotics, AI, uh, digital assets, cryptocurrency, space travel. It's all interesting to me, and and uh, he tends to breakthrough walls and i i really what i really love about him is his whole first principles thing and just watching how he challenges assumptions and build things builds things from first principles and i i think that social media has some blind spots but like twitter that could be uh rebuilt with from a first yeah. principles perspective and i do want to add that he may i think elon made some comments about the law i, I wish morton could be part of this conversation because no, I wish he would come back on the show a bit more regularly. I'm trying to encourage is, him, but um, I think the, he, I think he's t- still taking out the arrows from his confrontation with Matt Manweg. So I, he's still uh, trying to heal those arrows, really, Chris. I think the um, the the idea of censorship or deplatforming and free speech. Uh, the tech company needs to operate within the letter of the law, and that's where it's just hard. Like, and, and how do you protect the people while also having the free speech uh, thing? And this is where the, the I think there's an opportunity to do better. I mean, John yeah. paints it like it's going to all fall yeah, apart. Yeah, but Chris, it might. But yeah, what but if cr- it? What if it? What if there's a way to do it and? and and yeah, my, legally I, to yeah. not have the hate and the um, stuff that still gets banned. Yeah, but blocked. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but I think um, so there's two points, and then I'll, we'll probably go for our break. Mm-hmm. There's two points here, Chris. There's the point that John and Spencer, it is the drama, it is the hate that makes Twitter Twitter. So when you remove the hate who would and you the bring drama, back? but who would but, you bring back? I mean, that would make Twitter Twitter a better place. It's just like the WordPress way. Like, what is the criteria for banning or deplatform? Like, can we look at it somewhere? Can we see it? Can I throw another yeah. idea into this mix? Because yeah. the, the philosophical, like, societal mm, consequences are one thing. 
I just want to remind everybody. Number one, we're in a world where money is dirt cheap. He's got a net worth of like 260 something, 263 billion, the richest man in the world. He didn't pay cash for this. He borrowed the money. Now, you know how the super rich stay even richer? Is they borrow against their perceived wealth because it's non-taxable. He just went through a year where he got his ass handed to him to have to pay 11 billion in taxes, unlike Bezos. So if you were Elon Musk, just forget all the societal, think business. I get $263 billion of net worth. If I borrow $45 billion, I have a way that now I have an asset in Twitter that clearly the hate groups and the GOP and everybody else want, and that if I buy it in this controversial way, we'll get so much attention that as soon as the deal is done, number one, the thing will go up in value. Number two, I can keep borrowing money against the asset value of this and not pay tax on it, not make the mistake. And number three is that, like, whatever becomes of it, if it goes private or public, remember we talked a month or two ago, right, pump and dump. We talked a month or two ago about, like, why don't they monetize it by, like, asking Trump in the West to pay, like, a million dollars to be able to post, you know, because you're a figure. There's so many ways he could monetize this. And I'm just saying he loves money making. He loves outrageous ideas that the company with the, like, making the flamethrowers, right? He's willing to do crazy shit. And maybe in his head, it's not like he's thinking about hate groups and stuff because he has some bigger... Yeah, just to finish off, I I think the incident that kind of... Boring company, boring company. I think the incident that changed my attitude to some degree to Elon was the Thailand and the cave incident. I think that was also a bridge too far where he actually went out of his way and slandered publicly the rescuers of the children that got trapped in Thailand and said some things that were absolutely outrageous and unwarranted. He called the guy a pedo and he tried to get a journalist to call the guy a, a child rapist. This is a really great guy to be the CEO of anything. That really was a bridge too far, far as I was concerned. I'm not saying he's a I know he's rich, but, like, whatever. And I think he would, um, I think Spencer's on it as well. But I I think it's going to be great for this show. He's going to produce a lot of things to talk about. So it's great news for me, Chris. I think he would have been highly advised to concentrate on Tesla and uh, SpaceX and not buy this company, but that's his that's his thing, isn't it? So we're going to go for our break, folks. We've got a small panel, but I think it's been an excellent discussion. We will be back in a few moments, folks. Hi there, folks. Are you looking to build modern shopping cart landing pages using the power WooCommerce for yourself or for clients? And you want to do that quickly with little need to know about hand coding. Well, if the answer is yes, and it should be, I've got the perfect answer for you, and that's Launch Flows. Launch Flows is the most modern and easiest way of building modern landing shopping pages for your clients. It also works natively with Gutenberg and the leading page builders like Alamator or Divi. It's really flexible, really powerful. 
I'm Bertha. An AI-based writing assistant to help you write better content on your WordPress website. In just a few clicks you can ask me to help you write outstanding content for your website that's guaranteed to convert, from blog posts to landing pages, to product pages. Never be left with that blank page again. You can try me for free on Bertha.ai. See you soon. We're coming back. I just want to point out that I do a great newsletter where I list all the stories that we discuss, plus the panel's recommendation. Plus, I write a semi-outrageous editorial. You can get this every week in your inbox, normally on Mondays. And you can get that from going to the WP Tonic website slash newsletter and you can sign up for it there please do become more part of the tribe so on to the next story which i also thought was really interesting um what's happening with block pattern directory so john um i thought this was a it's another story about ongoing thing isn't it john um but i thought it kind of focused some of the good points of WordPress and the hot mess, which is WordPress. It's a bit con... And the vision which Spencer about using Gutenberg and these patterns, but also it highlights all the problems of patterns and Gutenberg, doesn't it? I think if... Well, okay. Again, I, I will just say what I've observed on Twitter... Like everybody's like most of, most people are like Gutenberg all the way, yeah. But in in Facebook groups, like where it's other people who build websites for a living, it's it's more like sixty forty, like nah. And uh, you know, on Reddit, the same thing. It, it's about fifty fifty, where people say yay or nay. Um, this particular article was saying that. The, the native Gutenberg blocks for some of the things are not actually rendered in HTML uh, how it's supposed to be t- to be rendered. It's the same thing that people complained about page builders having too many nested divs and having divitis, um, which you know Brian Brian Lee Jackson is is pointed out like the browser needs to render that and affects like page speed and stuff like that. But it's just semantically like incorrect. Um, that's that's what this article is pointing out. That I think the block patterns, pattern library, block library. I think that all that is, if they can get it dialed in, it's an excellent thing. It's it would be a game changing thing. But it sounds like it's not quite there. And there are some things that are. It might. Yeah. It sounds like really basic. That should be done but it's yeah, technically, not being done. technically i don't know enough but i'll put this to to spencer i personally feel because um you showed so effectively in our live show last week the power of patterns and the possibilities you you really persuaded me to look at gutenberg again spencer but this article show showed me clearly I think one of the problems is you're trying to appeal to two different markets. You got the prof- you got the professional agency developer stroke freelance market that really care, and 
then you've got the hobbyist and the actual small business owner that has access to some of the functionality that you showed last Friday, Spencer. And trying to appeal to those two markets is, A, extremely difficult. And I think this this article highlights that it's a bit problematic. What do you think of what I've just said? I mean, you definitely are hitting the points, but I'll summarize it in a slightly different way by saying this is what happens when you take an, a really large community of people and you don't, in some ways, from the top down, dictate or organize how things go. For example, first of all, I want to say I am loving Master WP, Rob Howard's newsletter. Mm-hmm. And Brian could not be any better and more right on on this point because Honestly, I was speaking about this two, three weeks ago. I said the pattern directory is a red herring because what the hell is it? He used the same words because in practice, it has things like he suggests a countdown timer that looks super cool, but doesn't count down. And then inside of it, it's built by using divs instead of ordered lists and all kinds of stuff that are like rookie moves, right? So by letting anybody throw anything in there without even an understanding of like when you put that thing onto another theme, it's going to inherit all kinds of weirds. You're just like allowing people to melt plastic into various shapes instead of saying, here are Lego blocks and they're all guaranteed to work together. And it's a subtle but really big difference. Chris knows because he makes a plug and then has to work with lots of other stuff. I do that. You have to live in the ecosystem within which your product works. And you can't just simply go like, I'm not going to talk to you. Listen, let anybody make anything for Lifter LMS or anything for launch flows. It doesn't work that way. Okay. So again, I'm getting all agitated because I wasn't intending on spending my 2022 to 2023 becoming Robin Hood or like like, uh, Sally Fields and Norma Ray like organizing the union. But quite frankly, this is just another notch on the totem pole of things. The makers, the people who have their livelihood in GPL, listen up. I am personally going to be involved in this in somehow or some way, even though I don't want to be coding and developing because I think we need a framework model. That is to say, yeah. you can make patterns, you can make blocks, yeah. but we should share the underlying like course, yeah. the core <laughs> structure. We should all agree by, via maker committee. Like we should all group together. Maybe I'll have something to do with this. As makers, we should all talk to each other. You know why? Because it's good for business. And you know why else? Because that's what Syed is doing. That's what Liquid Web, whatever, is doing. They're all doing their thing with their plugins to try to get them into a consolidation and stack them up. And here we are working our asses off fighting against each other when, like, it's a red herring that they're dropping patterns or blocks into place. Let me talk about the blocks. You know what they're talking about breaks? When you take a standard Gutenberg basic block, like a paragraph, and it doesn't function semantically like it should. Then you have 16 other aftermarket blocks that do the same thing that work properly. So what the hell is somebody supposed to do when they type in slash paragraph in Gutenberg and there's this one and 16 others? Can I ask a question? Can I ask a question before I throw it over to Chris? Yeah. Because um, I had some discussions with Morton about that and he thought, and because I, technically I don't know, and I don't know if you've got some insight. 
and his argument to me, um, Spencer, was that this he predicted this was going to happen, and he predicted because of the technology and the decisions. Is it was it always going to end up, or is it more of an organisational problem, or is it a mixture of both? No, this is a this, this is not okay. I always like to clarify so I don't get accused of ad hominem attacks against people. First of all, the people who contribute to WordPress, awesome. I look at that ticket list of things that people are just volunteering to fix. I'm in awe. I love that. That's why I've been here. Like Chris says, my thing for free, look at my history. I've been giving away stuff for free 24-7 for 16 years here because I love it. It's a playground. And the people that contribute at a higher level of code and even run stuff, I mean, even up into the executive level, the best salt-of-the-earth people ever. But you can't run an army without a top-down structure or hierarchy. You can't allow a large enough group of people, this has been proven psychologically in experiments with animals and people, after a certain number of people, a tribe breaks down. You can't have half the internet running on a group of development that like anybody can do anything anywhere. It has to come from the top down. And since we started there, it's really disheartening to me to think that the leadership has allowed certain friends and so on to take a pass, do what they want. They're doing this thing. And the rest of us are here sort of still grinding away at a moment when our best times are yet to come, right? I talked So, to- um, thanks for that, Spencer. So, Chris, um, I've had a few pot, a few shots at Matt Manweg, um, but on the other hand, I'm not keen on a non-elected for-life prince of WordPress. But on the other hand, I think you need structure and, you know, um, I think you need a agreed framework or protocol and that's what, through the GPL, that, that is the core of WordPress, or I thought it was. Um, it, is it a bit, does it need a bit more structure and a bit more focus? Is it, is it a little bit too Wild West, Westy, if there's a word like that? Too Wild West in style? Does it need some kind of, opens i don't know you know because the only problem with that is people point out look at what happened to Jumner and drupal with how that ended it didn't exactly end that well you end up management by committee so yeah. it's quite it's a bit difficult really isn't it yeah um the the whole kind of argument between the cathedral and the bazaar there's actually a middle way that we need to find and i i think matt Mullenweg, you know, it's not that he's all in on the bazaar and the Wild West and he there's no there's no attempt to, to um you know to provide some standards, some structure and that kind of thing, but there is a lot of room for improvement. <laughs> I've recently gone through a big design process uh with Web Dev Studios on some new stuff that we're working on and it's fantastic. And through this process, probably everybody on this call is a better designer than me. But now I have a much greater... No bet on it. 
Well, you were, I was, you were on the degree, fence jumping, my, but I threw you in just for, for kicks. No, just my, de- my degree was in graphic design, actually. Yeah, and, and but what I've gone through is I've actually learned a lot. And there was another designer, Matthew Bumble, we worked with a while ago that I learned about this concept of a design system. And so on one end, you have this design system, like this framework for creating coherent, intelligent, user-optimized design. And on the other end, there's this concept called atomic design where you have this little component. And the, the, the thing here, and this is, when I look at the pattern library, to me, it looks like it's just plugin, the same thing as WordPress plugins, but now we're mashing up all these designs together. And, you know, I think we can actually learn from the page builders that came before, like Beaver Builder and Elementor. When you start going modular and atomic and bringing stuff over from their builders, they kind of work together. They, they look good. There's like a, they're going to be okay. Like you're even a bad designer like me can create something fairly decent, but this is, this is a little too wild west. And I'm a guy who loves the wilderness. I like the wild west and, and freedom and all that stuff, but they're, we're just missing that top level structure. To can I just say one thing? Can I say yeah. just one thing to you, Chris? It's about my feelings around Matt Wellwick. Because I, I, I want to make this really clear to you, Chris. Um, I have problems with his day-to-day project management ability. But as a person, I do actually think he's a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I've observed that really clever, genius-type people. And the reason why I think he's a genius is not his work with Little at the start of this project. The reason why I feel he's a genius is he's through open source and GPL, he's actually developed a total marketplace way of doing business. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not many people that can say they've done that. But I also think most really clever genius type in general, it's a bit cliche, are a little bit odd. And I find him a bit odd be quite truthful but like i say really clever genius type people in general are a bit odd um well i just want to say i think i mean this is a lot to manage here wordpress is a lot to manage and i agree with spencer that ruling by committee where everybody can do everything anything is not the answer but i think what wordpress really needs is just improvement on the the team of leaders concept, you know, that where things are divided up more. And not that there aren't that. I mean, they have divisions for the plugin review team and this other team for this and this. But that whole um, tribe of leaders kind of thing, uh, that's, that's, I think, where the, it's not up to just Matt Mullenweg, although he could lead the vision of it. But I think these, comp- these, you know, kind of leaders within the areas need to be developed and work together. All right, then. I think I think we go on to the panel recommendations because I don't want the show because I've got... Um, so my recommendation... I, I, just, I just want to ask you, are you sure we can't talk about the, the Apple headset thing for a second? Yeah, sure, if you want to. Go on, then. Um, well, story, um, story four is um, these... Apple, uh, it, it's it's a difficult one. A- AR was, glasses. Yeah, because... I, just, I have a quick take rumored, on that. It's kind of, there are definite rumors. It's, it's like 
dogs of war, where that see where the reporters says that there's a rumour that the president is uh, in the compound, you know. Um, so these are rumours, but very strong rumours, that Apple are producing some fabulous tech glasses. What do you want to say about this, Spencer? Let Chris go first, Sanga. My take's just really quick. I was looking at, you know, the tech market has really tanked, right? And uh, I was looking at Zoom as an example and the Zoom stock price. And I remember five years ago, I was like, you know, if somebody would just, or, or longer than that, I think it's been like 10 years. If somebody would make something that solved all the annoying parts of GoToMeeting, it would, they would be so successful. And then Zoom came out. I was one of their first customers and they did that. And I'm looking at this stock being super low, like, oh, Zoom is, I use it every day. But then when I saw those glasses, I'm like, wait a second, maybe this is that go to meeting moment for Zoom. And that when these glasses come out to the world, there's a lot of things that are going to be disrupted. Like maybe we just put the glasses on and record podcasts and meet with our team and prospects and customers and things like that. So I, I think we're in for some ripe disruption and it's going to be interesting to be a part of. You could be so right, but I, I'm very negative about it. I think it, my this is just my, I'm not saying I'm right, wrong or indifferent, Chris. I think the whole virtual reality, AR, you know, partial reality thing, I think when it comes to training, funny enough, when it comes to learning, I, I definitely feel and gaming and learning. But as Outside Pacific case studies, I think it's the most overblown technology that we've seen. But on the other hand, I could be totally, utterly wrong. I mostly am wrong. So, Spencer, what did you want to say about this? I mean, I'm kind of in the same camp with what I believe Chris is speaking about. So, I love the story because, remember, I don't like to say I'm always right. I'm not. But, like, I was saying... Well, you you really, get the impression that you feel you're always well, right. Yeah, right? That doesn't <laughs> admit to that. We, I wear that one. Um, we, we're talking about, like, things along the lines of accessibility. We're talking about the lines of how we do business now. And what Chris points out, which I feel is really a pending thing as well, I wear glasses all the time, right? I always have ear devices yeah. in, too. So imagine a world where no longer do you need to be limited to what's put on a web browser on a screen and staring at it, or, you know, like this, like always everybody down. So yeah, the- I'm not I'm not being rude, Spencer, but I have problems folk I have problems concentrating and focusing on stuff now. Look like having stuff flashing in my glasses. Okay, but, but but hold on. Technology can work both ways. So just like picture a very simple example. We now get the benefit of talking to friends and colleagues around the world at a moment's notice on a screen that we have to stare in front of here or stare in front of here. And this, by the way, is a real problem of society because people are running around into traffic or just like whatever in their car. Now, if you've got augmented reality done right, it can solve the accessibility problems. It can benefit people like, for example, while you're driving, it literally just says turn right like out of the corner of your eye. If you need to look something up, it could be done properly where it says you have an appointment with Bob. None of the typical problems of having to look at a screen and all the different sizes and HTML and all the blocks, it all goes away. Now, the second part of it, which I really think this is leading to, is what I talked to. Remember we talked about the meta and the VR headsets, right? And I bought the VR headsets, the, the Oculus Quest 2 or whatever. They're awesome. 
but it's like wearing a brick on your head. If they can get this connected sort of like, to, you know, tune out whatever, get it into your ears, and it's now connected to your iPhone for all the processing. So it's very lightweight, but now I can go into VR and I can be an AR. 2,000, 4,000, 6,000 doesn't matter. Count me in because that experience would take everything to another level, right? Both on the interaction with people as well as all of the things you can use your imagination for interacting with people, okay? And that's the point. I think that we are not that far off from people bifurcating away from screen time in favor of headset time, which could go bad too, because now you're going to have people wandering down the streets like this, you know, instead of staring at... It's like the shift from the television screen to the laptop, to the desktop, to the laptop, to the phone, to the glasses. Your, Your kids will be on the couch, you know, staring into space now instead of whatever, but... You know, there you go. Yeah, we, we, it will be fascinating. And I think Apple, of all the players, um, I think Google have the in-house ability and just the track record to be able to really move the technology to another level. Um, it'd just be interesting to see if they are. I think they are, I think they are going to, in the next this year personally will be um, have something for the market, um, but we will see. So let's go to our recommendations of the week. Mine, um, I bought it. I've been playing. Not, um, I can't believe we're back to Friday again. Um, I haven't had the time to spend it, but I bought this thing called the Elgato, Elgato Stream Deck, and it enables you to do all fun, funny things when you're doing live streaming, like when Spencer says something I don't agree with, I can have a donkey sound playing or I help you. I, good I, I, I'm going to have visual effects. Uh, I've got all wah, sorts wah, of control. Wah, wah, wah. I've got all sorts of controlling plans, but I just haven't been able to do it so far. But in my devious mind, I'm working wah, on it, trying yeah, right, that's it. Um, Chris, have you got a recommendation for us? I do. Um, recently, I needed to put a calendar of events on my website, mm. but I always hated how I don't just want to display information. I want to make it easy for people to see it in their time zone and all that, to add it to their calendar and stuff. So there's a, we just found this free um, WordPress plugin. I, I'll get the name. I think it's called Simple Calendar. Uh, that just makes it easy. You create a calendar in, in Google Calendar, and um, and people can. It makes a nice display on your site, and people can click through to the Google Calendar. I really liked it. Oh, well, there you go. Um, can you can you put it into chat? And Uncle Spencer can. Uh, oh, I think Uncle Spencer's already found it. Actually, oh, um, that was mine, but I can. No, no. Can you put it into chat? And yeah. Uncle Spencer will. Um, yeah, I see John's uh, already there. Um, so Uncle, uh, let's do John's. John, have you? What's your recommendation, John? Buying Elon stocks in Tesla? No, <laughs> no, no, no. No, my recommendation is for the latest episode of the Matt Report with friend of the show Matt Medeiros. He interviewed uh, Chima Memje. Memje. Um, she is a content marketer. Um, who has some advice on how to make more money as a freelancer. And also, she has some very insight, 
insightful uh, insights uh, on working with enterprise clients. So I really enjoyed this episode. So oh, that's great. I'll listen to that. Um, put it put it all into Slack, John, for us. It really helps. And Spencer, what is your recommendation of the week, Spencer? There's something that anybody can apply to any website, but it's also included in the Cloudways bundles. It's the New Relic. Um, admin, I don't know what the official name is. The New Relic. Uh, I don't know what they call it. The, the New Relic Suite, the monitoring suite, allows you to basically monitor, debug, and improve your stack. Now, what this does is it's an admin side control in your hosting environment that connects to New Relic. And when I say drill down, think like Google Analytics level drill down of everything running on your site, what the performance is, down to the line-by-line execution of code. So if you're even the least bit geeky and trying to squeeze performance out of your site or figure out which of those naughty plugins that is no longer playing by the GPL rules is breaking things, this is an irresistible tool because... The difference between zero to 100 WooCommerce users on a website and 100 and above is at that level. It's at caching and varnish, and it's at performance in the database of different things. And if you've got one rogue plugin going in circles, you know, it's sucking up your whole CPU. This has been really indispensable to us, and it's free when you've got a Cloudways account. I don't know if it's free with other hosting, but it's also very inexpensive as a standalone, and it goes really farther than I've ever seen. All right, let's put, put the link in. I'll make sure that's in the show notes. Um, Tribe, if you want to learn how to build um, modern landing pages and learn how to utilise WordPress as a click funnel killer and offer additional services to your clients, me and Spencer do a live show, Funnel Live where we show you how to build modern and effective landing pages for your client. Plus, we give tips and insights about how to link those to modern funnels, all utilizing WordPress tools. And you can watch me and Spencer Bicker for about an hour. What more entertainment can you ask for, Tribe? And you can watch this at 10 o'clock Pacific Standard Time every Friday. And watch us on YouTube and also join us on the WP Tonic Facebook group page and you can watch our discussions. But I think we're really covering really great stuff and please join us. Well, panel, it's been a great show. I think we've had a great discussion. Tribe, please join us next Friday for another WP Tonic Roundtable show. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind WordPress membership group on Facebook? And if you want to keep up with all the latest news on the podcast, visit wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.